Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your co-host, Cody Felger. Alongside me, as always, Derek Larger. Derek, how have you been enjoying this crazy week within the NFL and all the crazy stuff around that with the coronavirus, all that stuff? How are you doing, my man, with all this stuff happening? I'm doing all right, you know, just as well as anybody else is, I guess. Uh, just, you know, keeping myself busy with uh, watching what the NFL is doing and uh, – just been we've been cranking out videos and that's pretty much all i've been doing working and uh cranking out these videos that's pretty much all that we've been doing so far so i'm doing all right absolutely it's been crazy man we've been talking i know off air a lot it's crazy because a little over a week ago we hit the a thousand subscribers uh mark which we've been looking to achieve a long for a long time there and now, you know, within this week, we produced a lot of content and we're already at 1,100 subscribers. It's kind of crazy. We gained about 100 in a week. Yeah. So I think that that's super awesome. Shout out to you new people who are subscribing. We're very thankful to have you listening to us and we say welcome. Um, Derek, today I wanted to kind of talk about something that one of our uh, one of the follow- people who follow me on Twitter kind of suggested. suggested. I put out a tweet basically saying like, what are some topics you'd like for us to cover? And someone, or I guess it was more so I, I was, I remember I was traveling back. Um, so I just got back last night from Florida. I was down there this week, obviously. Uh, you guys, you know, I called in from the phone, but it just wasn't the same um, as speaking mm-hmm. from my mic. So, you know, I called in there, but we were, tra- I was traveling the last couple of days back from Florida. And I sent out a tweet that basically said, Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm not driving right now. We're, we're heading back. I have some free time. Send me some questions. And one of our followers on there sent me this kind of question. And I thought it was really good. And I thought that we could kind of make a segment out of it. Basically, it was a question of making a video on potential free agent steals for low budget that the Colts could still make. And so I thought, man, that's a great topic. The Colts have made a couple moves in free agency. They've been rumored to a couple, but have only made those two moves via trade with the, with the 49ers for DeForest Buckner and then signing quarterback Phillip Rivers and then obviously re-signing their own guys as well. But I thought that we could do in this episode, Derek, kind of a, an in-depth look a little bit more at some of those guys who are still out there on the market because there are some guys yep. who I think could potentially fit well with the Colts. Yep. There are some guys who will command a little bit more, which we'll kind of stay away from. And then there will be some guys who we think, okay, these, are be, these could be some guys that could help the Colts out immediately in 2020. And they won't break the bank. They're not going to be a Jadavian Clowney, you know, type of contract. But they're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, more of a what we've seen in the past with Chris Ballard, more of a uh, more of a deal where it's kind of under the radar. It's not like a huge deal, you know. It's kind of a, a bargain deal, if you will. Yeah. Um, but he got he's gotten some production out of those deals before, and so I thought that we could look at that today and look at you know, there's a lot of guys still available. There really is. Um, and I thought there were some guys that we could look at. Derek, who is your first guy that you think could potentially fit well with the Colts? Um, you know, and, and a guy that the Colts could probably get relatively cheap. Who's your first guy here? Um, I think the first guy that I was wanting to think about was uh, Rashad Perryman. Uh, I think that if you're looking at a, a Robbie Anderson, uh, obviously that guy could definitely fit into the cult system but i think ultimately the reason he's not getting a lot of offers right now is due to the fact that i think he's asking for too much uh even even spot track has his market value at around 14 million a year 
And with a with a guy like Robbie Anderson who has had some injuries, uh, and you know, he's not a you know marquee wide receiver. I don't want to pay, you know, over 12 million on a wide receiver that's you know, consistently not just been the, uh, a big guy for that offense. So I, I would love to get a Rashad Perryman, a guy who was basically the third wide receiver in the Tampa Bay system, a 6'2", 200-pound wide receiver that last season definitely broke out into uh, a form of which we you'd like to see as a free agent. Uh, obviously, with Tampa Bay, it wasn't working out for everyone. And I think he's wanting a little bit of money that, and obviously the Buccaneers are wanting to implement. They went after Tom Brady and fixing that offensive line and some other things. I doubt that they're looking to resign their third best wide receiver. I just think, you know, when you're looking at wide receivers, you want to try and get guys that'll fit. And Rashad Perryman, a guy that, you know, tried to prove himself last year he did a little bit, uh, just not a lot, you know, given the circumstance of the team. But again, if we're looking at guys that, you know, want to prove that they got it, uh, Rashad, I believe, is only 26 years old, still a young guy, yeah. still has potential. And you could get him on the cheap for right now, just since the production's not quite there. But, you know, get somebody like that, that, that could be a solid guy that you could sign for around eight to 10 million a year. That's not too bad for me. No, not at all. And you mentioned he's 26 years old. He's kind of a bigger body. He's 6'2". Uh, he's a guy that was a former first-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, with the Baltimore Ravens a few years ago. Just didn't work out, like you mentioned. Uh, he came back. You know, He was selected 26th overall by the Ravens there. And uh, he has a lot of upside. He's still very young, like you mentioned. He's a bigger body type of player. Um, he kind of actually gives me a little bit you know, a little bit bigger of Paris Campbell vibes and the fact that he's fast, but he's also not a small receiver. Yeah. I know that's something that like when Paris Campbell was initially drafted, I was like, Oh, he's probably like a T Y Hilton type of mold, but he's five eleven, almost six foot. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the vibes I get from Perriman. Um, there's just a lot of stuff, you know, it, it coming out of college, he was actually compared a lot to uh Devonte Parker, who I know, uh, his first couple of years in Miami was kind of labeled a bust, but he's, you know, this last year he really did a, did really good stuff. And so it'd be interesting. Yeah. Derek to see if the Colts would want to take a flyer on a guy like Perriman. He's not going to ask as much as Robbie Anderson. Like you said, uh, he's still very young and he's has a lot of upside and also mentioning, you know, at Tampa Bay, he had 645 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty good for a number three wide receiver. Mm -hmm. He was sitting beside, behind two of the top wide receivers in the NFL, not just on the team in the NFL and, and Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin. And so he's a guy I think that if he gets more of an opportunity, maybe he takes more advantage and the stats are a little bit more. I always like to think, man, stats, stats are good, but I think stats are kind of overrated sometimes. And so, yeah. you know, you look at why he didn't have great production last year. I mean, you know, Tampa Bay had one of the best passing offenses in the league, but I just think it was a lack of lane time. I just think that, you know, when, when you have those kind of guys and when you have OJ Howard and you have a, a high powered offense, sometimes, man, not everybody can get fed. And, you know, just for what Perriman did and for, you know, the kind of, you know, what he was trying to prove, I think he proved that there's still something to be tapped into there. And like we said, he's still a young receiver. 
Uh, and the Colts, obviously, with the hiring of Mike Groh this year as their wide receivers coach, uh, that could be appealing because um, he's a guy that's really – he's worked with some guys like Amari Cooper and some other guys, some very talented guys in the league. So that could definitely be really interesting, and, and that could be a, an interesting fit, and I think it could be a good fit, uh, especially when we know with Phillip Rivers, he likes to give his guys a lot of you know one-on-one jump ball, 50-50 opportunities. Mm-hmm. And Perriman has a size where he can go up and get the ball for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why also, you know, with my next guy, I thought that the Colts should resign him. And that's, that's Devin Funchess and Devin mm-hmm. Funchess, man, he, he's the guy that signed a one-year contract last year, $13 million. He saw one game action and he got injured. and was out for the year, but he's a big body, still young. He's six, four. He's a guy that can go up and get the ball on the jump balls. And, uh, he's a guy that I would like to bring back as well. Um, obviously I don't think he's going to be commanding a lot of money. So I think he's a guy you can get yeah. back relatively cheap. Uh, yeah. I, you know, the question that I had Derek before with Jacoby Brissett was, does Devin Fun just really want to come back and play with Jacoby Brissett? But maybe now the allure with Philip Rivers, I'm thinking, yeah. okay, now I'm going to get targets. Now, I'm, you know, we have a chance to win. You know, all those factors maybe are something that could contribute now to, to Funch just kind of agreeing to come back to Indianapolis especially since this last year, his market's going to be down. Way so down. why not sign a one-year prove-it deal? I probably would do mm-hmm. that if I was the Colts. Um, sign him yeah. on a one-year deal. Bring him back and see what you got, man. And if you know he doesn't do well there with one year, you're not tied to him at any point, you can let him walk next year. Yeah. But I think at this point, Derek, for me, it's just about getting depth and getting potential on that wide receiver core. I know that yeah. we've talked a lot and we've said – we think the Colts should draft a wide receiver. Some people, some people have said at 13 when the Colts had that 13th pick, but I think it's yeah. no doubt the Colts should draft a wide receiver second to third round there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's a guy that I'm also interested in. Who who's your next guy here that you think the Colts should potentially look to sign? Uh, yeah. So obviously, with the uh, loss of Pierre Desir, you have to think about what it's going to look like for the cornerback situation. Uh, this could potentially be a, uh, it could definitely be a situation where we go with a corner in the second round. It is uh, quite a possibility, especially if one of those main guys falls into the second round later in the draft, and we could definitely snag one. Would not surprise me, uh, and it wouldn't even surprise me if Pierre Desir finds his way back with the Colts at some point uh, if he's not taken somewhere else. But my understanding, I think Pierre Desir is probably going to end up finding a home here relatively soon, given his ability. Um, but it also communicated with me, based off of what happened today with reports that the Colts were kind of planning on keeping Jacoby Brissett, that they value him in the locker room. And I think that's something that Chris Ballard has touched on. He's always said repeatedly time and time again, you cannot buy a locker room. And he was even quoted in saying at the end of his at the end of the year press conference, he said, I felt like we didn't have enough guys in there. Like I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, enough friction within the locker room. And so bringing in a guy like Jacoby Brissett is good for the locker room, is good for the guys. Obviously, Chris Ballard said, I won't sugarcoat it. There's going to be some turnover. We've already seen that with the release of Marcus Hunt, release of Pierre Desir, release of you know some other guys there, some notable releases. Um, and this move just says that Chris Ballard, yes, you know, he, there's going to be some moves, but he really values what Jacoby Brissett brings as a teammate. And so the Colts are willing to pay that out. Uh, 
I mean, you know, whatever. It's it's the Colts' money. Obviously, they have a lot of money. I personally would trade it, would trade Jacoby Brissett and even get more and maybe make a, a run at a guy like Jadavian Clowney or maybe one of those guys. And then you have some extra money then if you want to resign some of your guys next year. That's what I would do personally. But again, the Colts know more about Jacoby Brissett than I know, and I will not pretend to know what Jacoby Brissett means to the guys in the locker room. Um, and also, it's a good insurance plan. I think it's a good insurance plan if something happens. Um, I know that there's people who are – it's weird how Colts Twitter is and how Colts social media is. There's people who are super high on Jacoby Brissett who have said, "We I don't feel like Jacoby Brissett got a fair shake of it. And then there are other people who say, Jacoby Brissett is like the worst quarterback of all time. He's not good. He has never been good. I kind of fall somewhere in between. I don't agree wholeheartedly with either of those statements. I believe Jacoby Brissett is a very good backup in this league. I believe he can go out and win you a few games if you need him to. With that being said, I don't think he's a great player. I think he definitely has his limits. We saw that. Um, obviously, he's slow to make decisions. We saw that a lot last year. Uh, he misses a lot of wide-open guys, which we saw. Uh, he's very hesitant to pull the trigger sometimes on those deep balls. He doesn't take a lot of chances. Therefore, he doesn't commit a lot of turnovers. But also, we saw with Jacoby Brissett, you don't really have a lot of passing yards. Your passing offense suffers as a result. Uh, so I'd look at him as a capable backup. I just don't know if I would be comfortable personally with paying a backup that kind of money. But, you know, the Colts have a lot of money to spend, and so they believe that Jacoby Brissett, it'll be interesting to see tomorrow what they do with Brissett, whether they move him or whether they keep him. But if I, you know, if you're asking me personally, I would try to trade him. Um, I think it'll be something maybe potentially where they wait until the draft. Uh, and maybe they wait till after the draft. You know, they, they draft their guy there in the second, third round, or even fourth round, or whenever they draft their guy and they feel good with him, and they trade Brissett, and they still save some money in cap room, um, and then they have their guy to roll with as the backup quarterback, and then they can maybe get you know <laughs> a late round pick for Jacoby Brissett and save some money for next year when you know they have some guys that are up for extension, Marlon Mack, Malik Hooker, amongst a few. Um, and if you want to start extending other guys, uh, some other of your stars, you can start thinking about doing that, and you have the money to do it. I think that's something that's huge. Obviously, the DeForest Buckner, ex- you know, trade and extension uh, kind of cuts into a lot of your cap room there, but. The Colts still have a decent amount of money now with cutting Hoyer and, and also uh, cutting Dazir. I believe they saved about $10 million. Uh, so now they, you know, they're around 30, 31 million, maybe $32 million there in cap room. So they have some money. For me, I like having a lot of money. I like having a lot of options. And I mean, your backup quarterback, ideally, he doesn't really do much for you on the field at all. Ideally, he doesn't see one snap in the regular season. But. Um, we know this is the NFL. <laughs> We've seen crazier things, uh, but I, you know I feel like you could spend your resources better in other places, and you could also address the back. You know you could draft a guy and he could be your backup this year. You know you draft a guy that you believe in, and maybe it's something where the Colts don't really see a guy there in the in those second to third rounds that they really are loving. Maybe they see a guy that's going to come out in the 2021 draft, and they're like, well, we'll roll with Jacoby this year, and we'll roll with Philip Rivers this year, and then next year we'll take our guy that we believe we can get, and we'll trade up. We'll we'll do whatever we need to do to get that guy. I don't know. Maybe that's what the Colts are going to do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my take on this whole situation. It's a very interesting situation. It'll be something to monitor as as you know, tomorrow plays out, 
and Jacoby Brissett's owed that kind of bonus if the Colts are willing to take that on for this year um, and what that means just for the Colts moving forward is for in terms of roster building in terms of potentially bringing in some some outside guys here uh, to supplement some of these positions it'll be interesting but what do you guys think we should do what do you think the Colts should do here with Jacoby Brissett I kind of stated my opinion but again some people like what the Colts are doing you know I saw a guy on Twitter said I'm perfectly fine uh, with Jacoby Brissett being the backup quarterback this year so it really depends what you guys think I'd love to hear what your your guys's thoughts are in the comments below that's all I got for this podcast guys I appreciate it always and go Colts well Shelby Harris I mean people tried to bring up the fact oh you know he's 28 he's going to be 29 going into uh this next season yeah but he's only been in the league four years He's only been in the league four years. He's not, he's still, despite his age, he's still not very old. I mean, I mean, he's just not had a lot of wear and tear on his body yet. This is still another guy that, you know, despite his age still has a lot of youth in him due to the fact that he's only been in the league four years. He kind of gives you a little bit to a better degree, a Marcus Hunt type of vibe. Like Marcus Hunt was over 30, but he didn't enter the league for a couple of years. So really, his NFL playing body was, you know, late 20s. And so I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Definitely a guy I'd be interested in. Uh, I think the contract, if I had to look there at Jabal Sheard, I kind of did some deep diving into kind of what Jabal Sheard signed for the Colts in 17. Uh, it was about his last contract paid him about uh, 85, 8,500. 8, wait, I'm sorry. Eight. Maybe you can tell me what this is. Eight five zero 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 zero. So I don't mess it up. Yeah, but that's anyway, a, I think eight and a half million. million uh, eight and a half year. million a year. <laughs> I was like, that's not eighty five. What am I talking about? <laughs> eight point five million per year. I structured it in the tweets such a way where it looked like eighty five thousand, and I was like, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they paid him like eight and a half million uh, on the three year deal, I believe it was. And so, yeah. you know, I, I would think maybe something like that. You could probably get him for a little bit cheaper. You know, obviously yeah. probably signed him for less years there. Uh, but anywhere like that in that range or maybe a little bit less, I'd be willing to sh- sign Sheard to a one- to two-year deal there. Um, like you said, just to really you know, ensure that you have help on that defensive end position, especially with Justin Houston getting up there in age. And you look at it, Derek, last year when, when Jabal Sheard was out those first couple games, the Colts really ha- struggled to stop the run. I mean, we saw that in the first game. We saw that throughout the year. Whenever Jabal Sheard came back, it seemed like, for the most part, uh, that Colts run defense really you know, was excelled with Jabal Sheard's presence in there. So mm-hmm. he's a guy that I'm definitely interested in bringing back as well. Yeah. Uh, another guy that we've talked about on this podcast before, and uh, you know, I've heard kind of rumored potentially to the Colts. Another guy kind of gives me those Shelby Harris vibes is Derek Wolf. He's a guy that you know had been with the Broncos for a long time there. Uh, I believe he's either late 20s or early 30s now. Uh, he's just another piece that you could potentially add in there just for defensive depth. And when you know you, you, whenever on that defensive line, you're rotating guys in, you're trying to keep guys fresh, and you bring in a guy like Wolf, he's a, you know, he could be a solid player for you. Just adding depth to that defensive line. I mean, that's something, man, when, when Chris Ballard has talked about the, the offensive line, he said you need, you know, you have those starters, right? You have those five starters there. But really, you need seven, eight, nine on the offensive line because the wear and tear of an NFL season, you know, it's been 16 games. It'll be 17 games in 2021. The wear and tear is even going to be more now. You need guys that are able to step in for a game, 
for a few snaps, whatever it is. And guys that the drop-off won't be so huge, right? It won't be an Anthony Costanzo to LaRaven Clark drop-off. It'll be more of a, you know, Ryan Kelly to Josh Andrews. I know, and that's unfortunate, Josh Andrews signed with another team. But, you know, I thought Josh Andrews played pretty decent. And you just need a guy that's not going to basically lose you games like LaRaven Clark could. (laughs) Um, That's another story for another podcast. But anyway... Uh, I would be interested in bringing in bringing in Wolf and just continuing to add to that defensive line. I mean, right now you think you got Houston contract, Houston, Ture, Banigou, Alkadi Muhammad. So that's four defensive ends there. And then you got, you know, you got obviously Buckner, uh, you got Autry, you got Grover Stewart. Uh, and, you know, you just got some pieces there, but, you know, you could still add to that. And I think that's what mm-hmm. the Colts should do. And even if you bring back shoot, I think that defensive interior, I mean, you have three guys really right now. Um, and you could argue Taekwon Lewis could be four there, but he kind of rotates everywhere. But I'm okay with adding a guy that's a veteran in there. And kind of yeah. Chris Bowder has also talked about adding veteran leadership to that, uh, to basically the entire team. Yeah. I think primarily the defense, he, he's talking about, you know, with the loss of obviously, um, Last year when they lost Mike Mitchell, that was a big loss. And, mm-hmm. you know, he talked about uh, Al Woods, the loss. So more on the defensive side, and I think you could add some guys in the some veterans there that, that could definitely give that defensive line some leadership because it is a pretty young defensive line. But, uh, yeah, those are some of the guys that I have. Um, Dirk, are there any other guys that, you, that kind of pique your interest, maybe along the offensive line? Because I know the Colts have lost two of their backup guys, and obviously they re-signed the Raven Clark. But, I mean – the cover is pretty bare beyond those those starters there. Are there any yeah, of those guys that would pique your interest on the offensive line that are still available? Yeah, let me look here. I'm making sure I got this guy down. Um, yeah, so let me make sure I get this. I want to make sure that I got the available part. Um, and you mentioned Derek Wolf. Uh, yeah, he is uh, 30 years old. Uh, he's going to be go. He's had seven years of experience. So you're right. It is one of those guys that you know. It is an interest to wonder, you know, kind of what it is that uh, how long he's actually going to be around. So that'll definitely be interesting. Let's go to guards here. Um, did see, um, you know, you have uh, Michael Parson that's uh, still available from San Francisco. Uh, Josh Klein, I know uh, a lot of people have been inquiring about him. Uh, it's very interesting that he's still around. Uh, Evan Bohm, uh, definitely an interesting name here. Back. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple people that, you know, as guards, I'm not too worried about, uh, you know, thankfully, I'm not one of those people that have been saying that, you know, since Braden Smith was a guard all throughout high school and, uh, and you know, with college he played mostly guard so we should move him back into guard position i'm not i'm not for that i prefer to keep Braden smith at right tackle where he has been since he's coming to the league three years ago i i I mean zach has been with me on this too and i think you are too that you know Braden smith obviously is not a top level right tackle yet but in regards to you know how how he's played and being put up against like 
some of the worst matchups for him because, you know, he's got the Jadavian Clownies, the Vaughn Millers, the J.J. Watts, and other people like that to go up against him because, you know, he's the weak link when it comes to, you know, him and Anthony Costanzo. Uh, that kind of factors into it, but I like where Braden Smith's development is at. Uh, I, If anything, we just need to continue to get a guard. Um, you know, Josh Klein uh, is definitely one that you could think of, but um, yeah, it just certainly does seem like uh, Ballard's going to have to address that here soon because, you know, losing uh, Josh Andrews and uh, obviously Haig both are definitely a uh, – it's a disappointment. Yeah, it is. And that was unfortunate with the whole uh, Joe Haig situation, which I don't think we've talked about really on this podcast. But, it, you know, the contract that, that Haig signed there with the Buccaneers, it wasn't like – it was a one-year deal – it was only like for a couple million. I know a lot of Colts fans were up in arms. Why in the world we could have afforded Haig? I think it's something simply where Haig wanted a chance to start. And also, yep. he's playing with the go. He's playing with Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you want to go play with that? And obviously, there's you know some familiarity maybe with uh, you know some of the people on the Buccaneers and, and stuff yeah. like that. But I think it's just something, man, where where Joe Haig wanted a chance to start. He's been a he's been the top backup for the Colts for a few years now. Yeah. That offensive line had really, you know, stabilized there in the 2018 season halfway through uh, when obviously, uh, you know, Braden Smith moved to right tackle and then Mark Lewinsky played the right guard. Ever since then, that offensive line has been intact and it's been one of the better offensive lines in the league. So let's be fair. If Joe Hager is with the Colts, there's probably not going to be a starting spot for him. Yeah, I don't fault Joe Hager at all. I don't fault the Colts at all. Uh, they just wanted to give him a chance, man, to go out there and start and prove what he's got. And I, I'm all for it, man. I, I love seeing, uh, you know, former Colts players doing well in the league. So I, I'm definitely excited for Joe Haig and kind of protecting Tom Brady. See where they use him because it's interesting. He's played like every single position except for center. So yeah, wherever they need him, I'd love it if they could kind of settle him in one spot for a while and let him. Mm-hmm. Let him. I always liked him better as a guard personally. Yeah, but you know it'd be interesting to see man, uh, where the Buccaneers line him up. But um, shout out to Joe Hagman potentially getting a starting opportunity with the Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, another guy, Derek, that I could be potentially interested in. You mentioned Evan Bain, which is interesting, uh, bringing him back. I know the Colts traded him away last year. Uh, another guy that the, was with the Colts in the 2017 season, who actually played really well, but for some reason the Colts kind of let him walk, was uh, Mike Person. He's a guard. Mm-hmm. He played with the 49ers. He was part of their Super Bowl team last year. He's a little bit older, but you know he's a guy that you're not going to rely on to be a starter, but he could be a viable backup for you. And uh, yep. I wouldn't mind bringing him in just for offensive line depth. Um, and he's a guy that's you know been a capable starter. He started on the be- probably arguably one of the better teams in football. I would ar- I would argue the best overall team in football. And we know Patrick Mahomes and all that. We've talked about that, but. Uh, I would bring him in. I would be interested to see, you know, he has familiar, familiarity, sorry, I can't speak today, uh, with Indianapolis. He's been here before. I would be interested in seeing Mike Person coming back to the Colts potentially just as some offensive line depth. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that that's all the guys that I really have. Um, we've talked about Delaney Walker a little bit, and so if you guys haven't heard that video on Delaney Walker, be sure to check that one out. I think it could potentially be a short-term solution. Uh, to pair with Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox, if you don't feel like you have to have to draft the tight end super early, I would still probably draft the tight end in the third to fourth round, but that's just me. But uh, yeah, yep. definitely check out that video. 
Derek, are there any other guys that you think the Colts could get anywhere on the offense or defense the Colts could potentially look at getting that could kind of come at a bargain price, or is that kind of all the guys that you have? That's mainly the guys that I've I've seen so far. Uh, and obviously, I am not the mind of a Chris Ballard. Um, definitely something that will be interesting. I've seen multiple different reports of people, you know, when it comes to the peer to seer release. Um, you know, when you when people kind of talk about it, they're coming from it either as a football mindset or as a person mindset. And mm-hmm. that's the issue that we're having here is, you know, it, it's, it, it is difficult because I, I was a fan of Pierre Desir. Every single person that is a Colts fan is a fan of Pierre Desir. He has been a model citizen, has been a great mm-hmm. guy for the locker room, has played his heart out. Obviously just over the last year and a half production has gone down and injuries have continued to climb. That's his issue. And unfortunately, in this business, you know, in the NFL business, even if you're somewhat up there with with some of the better ones, you can get cut at any moment. It's unfortunate. I mean, I'm not not worried about, you know, Pierre Desir's future. That guy's going to have a future. He's going to get somewhere. Either he comes back yeah. or he's going to go somewhere else. Somebody is going to pick up here to see her. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. Um, it's yeah. just, you know, people people who are upset by this move are looking at it from the stance of, you know, he was such a great person, such great thing for the locker room. Why did we cut him for this? And never once have heard anybody on anywhere talk about we cut him because he was bad at football. or he was, you know, why did, or they were upset because, you know, he was amazing at football and that sort of thing. No, people were kind of just upset over the simple fact that, you know, he was a decent player and he was a great person for our locker room. We just didn't, you know, it just didn't mold over time. And, you know, when when you're getting up there in age, he's 29 now, you know, getting to be around 30 and, you know, we're paying him that kind of money. You know, it's understandable why Chris Ballard's doing it. And Ballard's still trying to make more moves. And, you know, I kind of threw through the shade at, you know, some Colts fans. You're like, you know, you wanted Ballard to make big money moves. Well, now he's doing it. And now you're still complaining. So <laughs> can't help everybody. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the no. same thing goes for uh, what you said about Joe Haig. Uh, thank you, Gam, Pierre, to see her for everything. Uh, hopefully... Uh, we could see back in a Colts uniform at some point. Who knows? But um, even if we don't appreciate you, everything you did, uh, you're always my favorite guy in the secondary. Uh, and good luck to you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I just came up with a few other names at looking at this list. You know, you mentioned Pierre Desir, and it had me a look. And another guy that I think is interesting to me is Prince Amukamara. I think I'm saying that right. Amukamara, Amukamara, whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he was a cornerback for the Bears last year. Um, he's, you know, he's, I, I believe he's probably a little bit older than Pierre Desir. Uh, but I believe at, at this point in his career, he's probably a little bit slightly an upgrade from Pierre Desir. Uh, he's 30 years old, so he's a year older than Pierre Desir. He's a former number one pick. He was 19th overall by the Bears in 2011. Uh, he's a guy that's always been a solid player to me. He hasn't been a superstar, but everywhere he's went, he's been a player, man, that has been solid for that secondary. Obviously the bears have such a good defense. He was a part of that defense for the last couple of years. He's a guy, man, that I would be interested potentially in bringing in. I don't know how much he would cost 
Uh, but he's a guy, man, that, that could potentially be a fit there. Um, and then, you know, staying in the secondary, a guy that we've talked about a little bit is Eric Berry, uh, the safety uh, formerly of the Chiefs. You know, the last couple of years, he hasn't really played a whole lot of football. He's the guy that's, you know, also a, a former high pick in the league, and he was one of the better safeties in the league for a long time. Um, he's on the other side of 30 now, so that's a fact. And then he's had some injury history in the last couple of years. But he's the guy that I don't think will come very expensive, especially considering what you do with Clayton Gethers. You know, if you re-sign Gethers, then maybe Barry's off the table. But, you know, yeah. as it stands right now, the Colts have not been rumored at all to be linked with, you know, even being remotely interested in bringing back Clayton Gethers. So that's a guy that I could potentially see there. Um, I think he's a guy, man, that that provides that veteran leadership like Ballard has talked about, you know, with that friction. He's the guy that's going to hold people accountable. And it's not like he has to come in and start day one. He'll probably most likely be the number three or maybe even number four safety, depending on how jo- George Odom continues to develop. But he's a guy, man, that I could potentially see bringing in and just giving a shot there. Um, I'm going to throw a guy out here, Derek. And I don't know how you're going to react to this, but I'm going to throw a guy out there and kind of see it's a guy that was linked to the Colts in 2017. Actually, he, you know, Jim Ursay flew him out to Indianapolis on his private jet, it was rumored. And that's Don Terry Poe. He's a guy that is a little bit older. Um, you know, he was one of more, more dominant defensive linemen uh, a few years ago, former number one overall pick again in 2012. I believe he's 29 or 30 now. He's yeah, 29, he's 29. Old. Um, You know, he's just a guy that you could add and continue to develop depth. And he probably won't come at the deal he was gonna, you know, he was gonna command there in 2017. What are your thoughts on potentially bringing in uh, Don Terry Poe or even some of the other guys that I've mentioned? Yeah, with Poe, you know, being 29 years old, being in the NFL now for eight years, has bounced around from uh, several different teams over the last few years. Um, you mentioned it, how you know, again, it's all about depth pieces at this point, right? You know, we. At the, especially at the defensive tackle position, like, you know, we know who our starting two are, at least at the moment. It's just kind of one of those things you need to continue to add depth. Um, I don't know about Paul. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know, he got paid and then, you know, he still wasn't anywhere what they expected him to be. And I just don't know what to expect from him. Mo- mostly what you're getting out of him, again, is a is a rushing kind of uh as a rush kind of guy you don't want to you're going to put him there to clog holes in the middle that's his job because you know he's 325 mm-hmm. pounds that's a big dude um you know again yeah. i just <laughs> think of him again as a as a larger marcus hunt i mean i the direction that mm-hmm. we're trying to go at with this defensive line right now i i wouldn't even really think about entertaining him unless it's really low mm-hmm no, that's fair. I just thought I'd throw that name out there because I know it was rumored with the Colts yeah. back in 2017. I remember I was kind of clamoring, like, I want Don Terry Poe on the Colts now because I had, like, no yeah. talent back in 2017. But yeah, uh, he's a guy that could be potentially interesting to me. Um, here's a guy that's a little bit more expensive, but maybe he's a guy since he's up there in age is Everson Griffin from Minnesota. Uh, he's a guy that's probably not going to command as much money as Jadavian Clowney, but he's a guy, man. If you plug him into that defensive end, maybe he kind of fills, you know, the whole left from if you don't re-sign Jabal Sheard. Uh, he's been a guy that's been a really good defender for a long time. Uh, he's just a guy that I would be interested in. He's he's 32 years old, so he's a little bit older. 
but he's just a guy, man, that I think, oh man, if you would sign him, that defensive line would be pretty darn good. It's already pretty darn good now, but if you sign him at the other defensive end alongside Justin Houston, you got some young guys in Kamoko Ture, Ben Banigou, if you draft another guy, then you got some stuff, man, where you, can, mm-hmm. you have some veteran leadership, but you also have some youth and some potential at the pass rush position. What would you think about signing Everson Griffin? This will be the last one for me, but what do you think about Griffin? Yeah, um, yeah, like you mentioned, again, it's about uh, the just the experience of it. Um, Everson Griffin basically stated that he is not returning to Minnesota under any circumstances, so he is most likely going to go somewhere. Uh, having nine years experience, he's definitely a guy that's been around for a while. Um, yeah, if the price is right, I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, people are people are trying to make it seem as though if we keep signing these older guys uh, right now that, you know, they, it would stunt the growth of a Kamoko Ture or a Ben Banigou or something like that. Guys, they're they're one year into the league. Okay, they're one year. It's okay. Mm-hmm. They were rookies last year, and they're still learning. They're still getting taught by Robert Mathis himself, the one of the best defensive linemen to ever play the game. And you can just relax that you know. And especially with Everson Griffin, you say we get him for a year. So what? We're not going to play him every down. It's not like he's going to be an every down kind of guy. I mean, that's ultimately the thing. Yeah. These guys are to fill roles where they come in on obvious pass rushing downs and you bring them in and they they destroy. That's what you need to have happen. So, um, yeah, again, for, for a right price, um, I would be perfectly fine with bringing in a seasoned vet like Everson Griffin. Very smart guy as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of times you were mentioning, Derek, people kind of like, oh, man, why, are the, why would you want the Colts to bring in these guys on the other side of 30? Obviously, Philip Rivers is a guy who the Colts brought in. I think people have a lot of Ryan Grixon, you know, still PTSD from that era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where the Colts brought in Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, Todd Harriman's, Trent Cole, all of these guys over the age of 30. And like one of them performed. <laughs> so yeah, right. I, I definitely get that. But, you know, if you sign a guy that is, you know, proven and it's not a guy that you're like relying on, like the difference for me here, Derek, is in 2017, the Colts signed these guys to be all pro players. Like with Everson Griffin, if he's not an all-pro player, it's not the end of the world. If he's just a decent player, I mean, that works. Like, it's not a guy that you're going to, like, live and die by. If he doesn't perform, you know, you're screwed. It's not – that's not how it is. It's just a guy adding to that defense. Uh, the Colts have some other talent. And it's just, like, something, man, where I don't see – I get, like, where people, why people are kind of hesitant, but I just don't see the correlation or the connection at all with this and i'm perfectly fine with bringing in another guy on you know offense or defense who's maybe around 30 or a little bit over 30 if he's the guy that produces man i'm totally okay with it yep absolutely yeah well i think it does it for for this podcast uh thanks guys for listening it's crazy man like i mentioned we're already at 1100 subscribers at least when i last checked we just reached 1100 so we might be a few more now um, it's wild to see in basically a week us gaining a hundred subscribers. So thank you guys who have subscribed this week. We want to get out more content now because we know you guys just eat that stuff up, especially with the quarantine and all this stuff. People are stuck at home, man, and they want to hear about the Colts. Yeah, that content stuff. And and man, we we're trying to crank out as much content as we can. 
on our thoughts on all these different topics. Derek, I know we have this huge list that we want to do this off season. Uh, we have about a month till the draft as it stands right now yep. happens. So we're definitely going to bring out some mock drafts. We're going to bring out a lot of content for you guys these next few weeks. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Again, thank you guys for subscribing. We love it. We love all your interaction, all your feedback. We don't have to always agree, which I think is great. Uh, yeah. But we love how you guys have been, for the most part, respectful towards us in our opinions. So thank you guys from Derek and myself. We appreciate you guys. And go Colts.